Oh yeah, it's date night with Jake and Paige, y'all, where you meet some of Charlotte's finest couples. So pull up your seat, grab a glass of wine. It's time to talk about things like laundry and taxes and the dentist and also making sweet cupcakes for your son's elementary class, which is kind of annoying because you don't really care about those other kids. So why are you doing it? We're going to find out with date night. Yeah. Welcome back to another episode of Date Night with Jake and Paige, otherwise known as Was Jake even necessary on this podcast? Oh, you were. That's the whole point is that you were. Oh, just to listen and learn? No, because you are part of, dads are part of baby's sleep and mother's mental health and the fourth trimester also. Yes. And so that was kind of a backdoor way into the podcast. Who did we have on? Oh, so we had on Heather Graham, who is an OBGYN with Premier Gynecology and Wellness and the owner of Connected Fertility Monitoring. She wears many hats. Yep. Many lab coats. Oh. And Elizabeth King, who is the founder and CEO of Sleep Baby Sleep Consulting, who was the original person who reached out to us about when, when holy crap, you're preg- we're pregnant came out, she kind of said, hey, could this be a partnership and could we figure something out? And then we said, wait a second, you teach babies how to sleep. That's our favorite thing in the whole world. So let's just talk to you yeah. about what you do. They have a cool partnership because they kind of like – take the whole fourth trimester thing together and go like sleep is a big part of this. Uh, mother's mental health continues on after just having the baby. And those two things obviously go hand in hand because when you're not getting enough sleep, you are not feeling well mentally and things just kind of fall apart. So they work together closely on all of that. And it was really interesting to hear all of the above because that was a big deal for us 12 years ago when we first had our first kid. 12 years ago. 12 years ago. And I think... I think I gave Heather sort of like a new thing for her business card. The could the general contractor? She's a general contractor of baby stuff. It's good. She ran with it. Yeah. It, it used it like four times later. It's it, it is a good. I think she it is because like analogy. people come in, she delivers the baby, mm-hmm. and then there's just she's seeing everything, mm-hmm. right? So somebody's coming well, in. You for see check. everything when you deliver a baby. Well, yes, and. Um, <laughs> Yes, and when you're talking to the person, it's like you're talking about like how are you recovering, how are you feeling, how's the baby doing, but then you're also hearing things like oh, things are good. I haven't slept three weeks, right? And uh, oh that my six gosh, six week appointment that can that, yes, right? And so then you get into this like, well, I know a guy, uh huh. I know a gal, I know a person. Thank you for making that more. I of course was. Yeah, I know all people. And uh, so that's that's true. And so that's what we sort of saw here. We saw the general contractor and one of the subs. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You're just really leaning all the way in. Well, it's it You're works. Right. It works. So I appreciate you letting me crash the party. I know. And well, they acknowledge that at the end. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> um, and so you guys are in for a treat, if you, especially if you've got kids or anybody in the family that can't sleep. Amen. Elizabeth, we met you first through social, as so many people meet each other these days. Uh, and then you said, hey, this isn't a party until we invite Heather. So, <laughs> so can, can you um, describe your job now and then how you and Heather got connected and how this whole party came to be? Yes. So I right now what I do is work with parents specifically moms of infants and toddlers, helping to teach their kids how to sleep. So we work with parents from pregnancy up to five years, but most of our families are within the newborn to two-year-old range. 
And we help them figure out what's going on with their kids, how to get them sleeping really well, depending on their age, you know, newborns, they can't sleep all night, but we really feel, um, I started this company just out of a desire to help moms not feel so alone and to feel like they don't have to be exhausted and miserable making it through, especially those first couple of years of parenting. I mean, parenting is exhausting, but it doesn't have to feel like the end of the world just because you had a baby. And so um, I started Sleep Baby a little over four years ago, and now I have a team of six who work with me um, all across the U.S., and we work worldwide with clients um, helping parents, and it's just awesome. I mean, when I get a text from a mom that's like, you've changed our life, our baby sleeps through the night now, and they take great naps, and that's super rewarding. Oh, yeah. Um, By the way, for them, too. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah. they're telling the truth. Like it, there is nothing as a human being, right? For all humans, sleep is like the most important thing ever. And especially when you've got all that other stuff going on too, like you do God's work. <laughs> I mean, I really think so. I like, I knew when I had my first kid that I was going to be miserable if I couldn't sleep. And I just thought, and especially my husband, he is still as a grown man could sleep like till 10 or 11 every day. I, I don't him. know how. I love him it's already. Amazing. So <laughs> I knew we needed to figure this thing out. And so that's just kind of where it all came from. And your life really does change when you're not exhausted. Yes. And yeah. then, so Heather, how did you two connect? Well, I mean, other than Elizabeth was raving about you, Heather. Just so you know, <laughs> oh, Elizabeth, she loves you so Elizabeth much. Elizabeth is a huge fan. So yeah. I, we, were, yeah. we were super excited to meet <laughs> this amazing Heather. <laughs> <laughs> Not the actress or the book author. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Elizabeth became my patient, I don't even know how many years ago. And I just yeah. enjoyed taking care of her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Heather delivered. She helped, like, saw me through one of my pregnancies. And then that baby came on his own in the middle of the night. Oh. But then she delivered my third son. So I've seen her for two of my pregnancies, sent all my friends to her. Um, <laughs> she's just really great. And she has young kids, too. And as a mom who is having a baby, that is invaluable to have somebody who's just been there, who didn't have kids 30 years mm -hmm. ago. For me, that was amazing. Um, and then we've connected just since because of my business and, um, you know, both of us really enjoy supporting moms and loving moms and their babies. And so that's kind of how we stayed connected. Yeah. And you both have all boys. Is that right? Yeah, we, we all have five boys between the two. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, well, we add two to that mix, too. So we have yeah. two, our oldest two are boys, but then our youngest is a girl, too. Yeah. Ooh. What's uh, unique about my relationship with Elizabeth, too, is that I have relied on her as well with her expertise. Oh, how um, great. As recently as this past year, just like, man, she's like the expert in all things sleep and my kids are out of the age range that she takes care of. But I was like, Hey, I need to just talk to somebody that, you know, has a working frontal lobe when I'm <laughs> exhausted. <laughs> my older kids having nightmares and just the things that, you know, um, disrupt sleep in the middle of the night. And Elizabeth just gave me some amazing tips. <laughs> um, and now my kids are sleeping and, you know, my brain is functioning at a much <laughs> higher capacity now as a result. So Elizabeth, I, I just heard you're a neurosurgeon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty Add much. That. So when we, when Jake and I, our old, our kids are 12, 11 and eight ballpark. There's like some birthdays mm -hmm. coming up that will make them those, but that's it's just easier yeah. to say. So yeah. also who knows when we'll post this. I'll just say this. I also just don't know. 
I also just, just lose track. I think we just Let's don't be know. honest. Yeah. yeah. So right. when we had our first 12 years ago, baby wise was like the thing. Like that was everybody yes. was reading it. My sisters in law read it and they said to me, like, if there's one gift I can give you and I think the subtitle of Baby Wise is giving your baby the gift of sleep. And I remember yes, I think it is. Right. As I I am a I am Elizabeth, I'm like your husband. Like I sleep to me is just it trumps all. It is my favorite thing to do. It's a wonderful I, image. It is <laughs> I'm the laziest human around. Just like your grown adult man. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I think that it is the mo- I've always just, I've always loved it. Like in high school, even I would get, I would like race myself to get in bed earlier every night. I just love sleep. I think it's, and I know how, how horribly I function without enough of it, which made me a perfect candidate to host a morning show, getting up for 10 years at yeah. 2 a.m., which I just recently switched uh, schedules and it has been life changing for that reason. But mm-hmm. so I knew when I had kids, that was going to be one of my top priorities. And baby wise, I remember the whole, the, it's like eat, play, sleep, right? And it, it kind of takes you through a yeah. cycle of that. Is that it worked? By the way, our kids slept great. I don't know how you know what you measure work didn't work, what have you, but our kids slept. So to me, it worked. Are there sort of things that stay consistent with sleep training throughout the years, the generations, and are there things that have kind of changed? Like, what's your yeah, yeah, for sure. Baby wise, yes, there it's funny. You know, every couple years, something new comes out that is like the new thing that you have to have, but baby wise has been around for a long time. Um, and that eat, play, sleep is a great example. Pretty much everybody who works in the sleep industry or has sleep book or whatever, they follow that pattern. That is something that everybody continually encourages you to do. And it, the way that I describe it to people is as an adult, if you fell asleep and your pillow fell on the floor, you would grab it, put it back on the bed and go back to sleep with your pillow. If your child has something like feeding to sleep or a parent who rubs their back until they fall asleep or a special stuffed animal. We call those sleep props. It's just like our pillow. If they wake up and it's gone, they have a hard time going back to sleep without mm-hmm. it. Um, and some of them are appropriate sleep props. Like as they get older, a stuffed animal, or maybe they listen to white noise. That's fine. It signals to their body. It's time to go to sleep, but they can repeat it themselves. If it is being fed to sleep or a parent holding them to sleep, um, there comes a point where that's going to start disrupting everybody's sleep mm-hmm. because they can't continue on. They can't sleep, you know, 12 hours, 10 hours at night without that. And then it becomes on the parent to really like be that pillow for the baby. So that's one that definitely is like across the board. Um, we always work with parents on talking about how to switch out any inappropriate sleep props or just things that you don't want to continue to give them sleep props that are appropriate or none at all. Um, also a really common misconception is that you should keep your baby up really late Mm -hmm. to help them sleep better. It's the opposite. It does not work well. If you keep your kids up later, they just wake up earlier, which is beyond me. I don't know why. So tr- I, know. I read an article on that one time because I remember thinking it never meant you always hear the term overtired if your kid gets yeah. overtired. Right. And I remember thinking that doesn't make any sense. Like p- if people are tired, they're tired. But then I read an article one time that and I'm not going to say the science perfectly, but you can you can correct me if I'm wrong. It basically explained how when you get overstimulated, like your brain shoots off something right you can tell me what it is probably but that does actually wake you up more and keeps you awake more so that they are that when you're overtired you get overstimulated and it is hard and I was like oh that makes sense in terms of why that happens and then you'd get doubly screwed because then yeah they wait they usually wake up at eight they're like up at six the next day and they're in crappy moods because they haven't got enough sleep it's like the worst thing ever 
Yeah. It's like the 4th of July is like the worst holiday because they're up late and they can't fall asleep. And then the next morning they're up at the crack of dawn. Yes. Yeah. It just suppresses the melatonin. It does a lot, lots of other chemicals that the brain releases, just like keeps them awake and tons of adrenaline. And so it backfires so much, even as a baby, you know, even talking to an infant, they, they get overtired and it's just downhill from there. All right, Heather, I'm going to hit you with a metaphor that I'm, I'm, I'm just going to do this live and <laughs> it, it may not work. Oh. I kind of see you, and because it, you know, this we could go a million different directions with this podcast because like, you both are sort of <laughs> doing the same thing, but very much not the same thing. But you're in the same kind of field, Heather. Like, do you sometimes feel like in your role, almost like a general contractor or like an event planner who, like, if you're the event planner, you know the person who does the food and beverage, you know the person who does like the dance floor, the chairs, the silverware, all that kind of stuff. So like, do you, do you have moms that are like, thank you bringing my child into the world. Now tell me the seven <laughs> different things or people I need to talk to, to like really launch successfully. Yeah, definitely. Okay, great. Uh, it worked. It worked. It there worked. are multiple aspects, I think, of postpartum care that's overlooked. And most women just get that kind of checkup at six weeks and then a C in a year. And then they come back when they're having pretty major problems is, you know, when the time they finally feel like they're worthy enough to come in and take your time up away from mm. the OB patients, um, which I just was kind of hearing over and over again. So um, yeah, if anything from sexual health to physical pelvic floor health to breastfeeding, you know, health, um, and, and help with that, um, to sleeping like Elizabeth to trying to lose weight. I mean, all the things, you know, you go through the major transformation from having a baby. So yes, I did in my former practice, did my best to try to be that, um, general contractor and, yeah. oh, you're having this problem, but I think the healthcare system in general, just in the U.S., is not set up um, appropriately. And there's been a movement sort of away from the way we do it right now with really focusing on the fourth trimester as a concept and not just six weeks and go back to work and you're fine um, to try to incorporate all these things. It's just that the insurance system reimbursements, things like that, maybe physician knowledge hasn't caught up with it. So um, yeah, I just became interested as I transitioned to gynecology care as my primary focus and sort of really want to focus on this postpartum period with women and help them navigate it better um, was when Elizabeth and I really struck up conversations about what she does. Cause I'm like, I really had a baby sleep consulting business. Tell me more about that because I feel like this is something that can help tons of women. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, my ultimate goal is to kind of piece together a general contracting business to <laughs> um, help people have these resources. There's other um, nonprofit organizations in town. One's called Mind Body Baby, where they are trying to kind of have an online resource hub um, in Charlotte. And then with things like uh, you know, all these services. Um, I just think you get into that um, exhausted mind frame of, I don't even know where to turn, what I need. I need so many things. And so having a live human <laughs> to talk to and navigate and be your frontal lobe, um, you know, um, to sort of figure out exactly what it is that you need would be really helpful. Um, yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and so two things that jump out at me from what you just said. Mm -hmm. A, when you said, 
asking women what's going on in that fourth trimester, they feel like they can't say it because they like, how dare they sort of be so presumptuous. I forget how you said it, but as to take up the time from OB patients who clearly need, that's first of all, I think you just hit the nail on the head. That's a really big one. And that's a really good thing to point out because I think you kind of get to where you're like, well, I mean, I feel kind of sad or I, I, I don't feel that connected to the baby or I, I'm, I'm not, you know, feeling like myself, but I mean, it'll come around, you know, and people don't feel like that's it. Or, or Hey, yeah. I shouldn't say that. I think it's getting healthier. I think people are getting, Agreed. the more people talk about it. Right. Right. So I think that that's, that is really important to keep talking yeah. about it. So people know like other people have gone, gone through Comment this in. and the fourth Comment. trimester Comment. is all Comment. part of this yeah. too. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And B, and I've noticed you both do this and I get it cause I do it too. But one of my biggest goals, and I think ours as a couple, I mean, there's a reason that Jake is here other than that just he's yeah. always the co-host of this podcast, oh. is to bring up the point to and to, to make this a family thing. Yeah. And it is it is the woman who's the pregnant one, but it right. is a family that welcomes a baby into it. And it is a family to whom this baby now lives with and becomes a part of. And like the sleep and, and the mother's mental health and the father's mental health, all of that is something that everybody I think is a part of, do you, do you, what are your, yeah. t- I mean, I, I don't mean, and when I say that Jake knows that Jake feels like I often come, come across as like anti-woman. Cause I'm like, well, what about the dads? But my point <laughs> is take the pressure off the moms by let's not always say like help the moms with this. Cause I'm like, Mm-mm. Yeah. help the moms and the dads, because guess where our sleep, our um, baby monitors were in our room. They were on his side of the room because I would hear yeah. it anyway. And I was like, I'm not yeah, going to be right? the one to do this every single time. Like, you you yeah. know, if I could pump, if we had pumped milk or if there was whatever going on outside of the feedings to kind of bring the dads in too. Do you guys, inc- like, do you make that a part of your practice at all? Or is that, am I like overstepping? Where, where do you think about think what all I'm saying there? It's coming for sure. You know, there's some dads that come to these visits with COVID. It's certainly thrown a wrench and a lot of things with, um, uh, guests not being allowed, you know, in this past like year and a half now um, that we've been going through this. But, you know, there's a big movement now, I think, recognizing that mental health, um, you know, postpartum or perinatally is is huge in men too. So hmm. uh, like one in 10 men experience a mood disorder postpartum. So it's a huge number. And then you think that's the resource um, a woman relies on, you know, most readily is if they have a partner, you know, um, so, you know, it, um, it's hugely effective to the family, but I, Wait, think, I love yeah, that. I never heard that statistic before. I mean, I yeah, hate that for the yeah. dads. I don't want them to be having experiencing <laughs> mood disorders, but I think it's really great to point out that it's not yeah. just the moms who deal with that. Right. But I think because yeah. the, the spouse is not our patient, we can't treat them mm. for that, but we can certainly navigate them towards a counselor a primary care doctor, if they don't have one, because most men are healthy, they don't have one, you know, in this childbearing age group, typically, but, um, you know, we certainly, yeah, can kind of act as that general contractor to, um, I feel like I've really taken us off the rails, or or maybe, I'm a general contractor for your newborn. Yeah. No, it doesn't. No, what do you need? Yeah. If you need granite countertops, Marble countertops? No, anyway. yeah, I mean, Elizabeth, go ahead. Right. She was going to say something actually. <laughs> I think small. the marble for sure, Jake. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, there you go. See, yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say um, before that? Oh, I think that one of the things that is really great about getting help from a person like Heather, like going to your doctor, like talking to someone like me is that you're talking one-on-one and then I can say like, something sounds a little off or think about this. Um, and I tell this story a lot to moms. It's like a story at my expense. I really encourage moms to give dads 
the chance to learn their baby without the mom taking over. When we had my first son, my husband coined the term term bulldozing where I would, he'd be like trying to feed the baby or like trying to recommend it. I would just come in there and be like, Hey, no, no, I can do it better. Mm. And, um, or like, I got this. I just want the baby to go to sleep. And as tempting as that is, it cuts into dad's confidence, um, with the baby and cuts into how many times do they want to keep trying Mm. with you coming in and saying like, let me just take over. And so I'll tell the moms like, go, go to Starbucks and drive through, like, just get out of the house for 15 minutes. If he needs your help, he will let you know. But even if it feels like maybe you hear the baby crying and you're like, oh, I could stop this so quickly. Give the dad the chance. He loves that baby. He wants to bond with the baby. And when we step in all the time, it doesn't always help. And we had, my husband and I had like a code word where we would say like, when we got to this point, I need you to take over. But until then I'm good. Let me just work on it myself. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that we kind of just share stories like that we have a lot of community that's online and like not blogs and books and all of that stuff is great, but you don't get to hear not always people's like personal stories. You just hear their best. Mm-hmm. And so saying like, Hey, I did this and it really made my husband. And I have to have like a serious conversation about it. I don't want you to make the same mistake. Um, I think it's that, that kind of help is helpful. Oh, absolutely. I'm trying to, I know I'm, you're making me think. Did I, I mean, I, I know what I think to the answer of that. Do you remember my doing that? Um, no, you hovered always. <laughs> no, I'm, kidding. I'm just kidding. No, uh, no, you <laughs> definitely from day one were like, here you go. Oh my God. I'm glad. It, okay. Cause I, feel, well, I, yes, I was like, here you go. But I also feel like I, maybe this was in the, in the back of my mind. I was like, I know all what he should be doing. Like I'm the one who's reading the books. I'm the one who's reading the articles. Yeah. I'm the one who's, and I, I felt like honest, I was like sick of myself at one point, like information overload, you know, part of me wanted to be like, God, yeah. at some point instinct has to sort of kick in. Like there's some, like I'm, I'm tired of the amount of information I think I have about this. It was like refreshing to be like, just figure it out. Like, you know, he, but I was also reading books. <laughs> I read like four books. You did? Yes. What did you read? The one about uh-huh. taking care of your baby. Okay. <laughs> it was called <laughs> Baby Dads. <laughs> baby Dads. You were just preparing for the oh one that you God. wrote. Right. Uh, <laughs> see, do you hear that? Like, uh, 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 the only person that was consuming information. No. But you you read books about pregnancy stuff, but I, like I read baby like baby my baby wise I did like not read falling baby. apart. It's I did so, not read baby wise. I was like highlighter. I had like my notebook of yeah. ever. I mean, there was nothing I could do with baby wise. Well, because you weren't breastfeeding. Correct. Oh, fun fact. Yes, you broke news there. Yes, <laughs> no, that's but right. I'm saying that's. I, mean, I know my point is is like I yeah I, for but, those for, I just yeah. remember yeah it's okay I mean it's no. I think that it's it's it, what you said is true. Like it's that that was a pattern for us yeah. too. But also, I remember, and this is probably what you're talking about too, in terms of things that, like we were so cocky when our kids were sleeping oh, so fast, and yeah. we're like high. So we're like, we got this parenting thing down. This sleep thing, like people say, like it's hard to do this, it's hard to do. We're feeling great. Our kids all sleep, and then our kids. Oh, when man. we had, I think yep. when I was pregnant with June, we put both of our boys into the same room. And four oh was three-ish, and Cal, Cal was one and a half, or one, two, I guess. And Ford was like, break it. We put him in a cage, first of all. We did one of those mesh, stupid mesh cages over the, the crib. The TV. We didn't, yeah. yeah, it was a cage. Like, they call it, I, like, the humane way of calling it, it's like, your baby's adventure bed. And we're like, it's a cage. Yeah. cage. It's a mesh yeah. cage. <laughs> and he would, so he would try to break out of that. And then eventually it became, like, quote-unquote big boy beds for both of them because we, and literally <laughs> – we went from our kids sleeping 12, 13 hours a night to, and bedtime was like basically like drop them in, 
love you, good night. You know, we of course we did like stories, or whatever. But then like bye, you know, shut the door. We followed the whole like put themselves to sleep and yada yada. We would spend an hour. Do you remember this? Try to walk out of that stupid room. But good night, we love you. We said get in bed. We said we love so you. Good night. We said we sleep. No, it took an hour to get to sleep. To get to because yeah. they could get out of yeah. that bed, right? And right. They would like stand up and go see each other, and then somebody had to right. take a pull. And we were like, "What? How? We were so we, we're we good got cocky. We jinxed we got, ourselves. We got so cocky, yeah. and the kids were like, we 'We'll show you how good you are.' <laughs> that was something I got to recently, and when I had to talk to it. So, what was your, <laughs> yeah. your kids? They were getting out, or they were having nightmares, or what was happening for you, Heather? Um, I think it was through COVID, like just you know the sort of just transition in their schedules and the day was the same, et cetera, that they were coming into our room and my husband and I are both physicians. And so just out of sheer, you know, you know, you're not supposed to do it. We're like, all right, come in, you know? Um, and so our youngest was sleeping with us and then the eldest got jealous that, um, he was in there. And so at some point there was a time that both were in the bed and yes. I was like, Oh my gosh. I yeah. All right. That's to stop. Right. So I was yeah. like, Elizabeth, I don't even know where to start because they share a room, um, together as well. Um, hoping that the younger one would stay in there. And I'm like, I don't know if I should separate their rooms, buy all new furniture, you know, to get them excited about being in the room. Tell me what to do. And you're, yeah, like, so. you're like, how did this happen? Like, I know better than to let this happen. How did Absolutely. I, I, right? Just total, you know, survival mode, I think, yes. of the last year. It's so, like you with house uh, decorating. Like, how yeah. did the house get so fancy? Yeah, it's no. not fancy. Oh, my yep. gosh. Just you keep <laughs> house, and she says to me all the time, she's like, you do know that this, like, never stops. Yeah. Like it's like, it, this is a process. It's a process. The house evolves. Exactly. Like, and it's true with sleep too. It's true. Yeah. yeah because all right. of a sudden then you think you've got it nailed. And then to your point, then they've got, well, even when they're infants, yeah. right? Cause they have like the night feeding and then they have the time yeah. where they yeah. wake up for the, so Elizabeth, is there any, like, in terms of general things to get people started when you say like baby steps or what have you, you know, to kind of like, do you have sort of overarching themes that you try to tell people to kind of stick to? Well, that whole, and that's what I was going to say. Do, are you a fixer or are you a coach? I mean, you're probably both, but like what Paige was just saying is more like getting ahead of it as a coach. Mm. Do you find yourself mm -hmm. doing that more than you do like fixing Heather? Yes. Yeah, I didn't have to fix her. She already fixed me plenty of times. So right. I'm ah. repaying that. Yeah. Yep. Um, I, so I'll do both. If you come to me, you know, pregnant or you have a newborn, then you can, I can immediately kind of go into that coaching role of like, this is what you need to do. I'll tell people with newborns, I'm going to give you a whole checklist of things. Don't feel like you have to start them all at once. Just as you're ready, add in these different steps of good habits, like laying them down drowsy instead of rocking them all the way to sleep, doing the eat, play, sleep situation. Um, but I get a lot of people who need the fixing, who come to me and say, we are down a road that I didn't want to go down or I, I did want to go down there, but I don't like where it's taken me. And so we got to fix it bring them back to where everybody's getting good sleep. And then I can give them coaching steps for the future. You know, your baby's six months old. So they're taking two to three naps a day. Well, in another six months, they're probably going to only be taking one nap a day. Here's what that looks like. And so the goal is that people don't have to keep coming back to me that they, we work together once or maybe twice, and then they can move on. You know, we have, our consultations are a phone call typically or in-home visit, and then they include 
weeks of text and email support with me afterwards so that then we keep talking and we keep kind of working through everything. Um, but the goal is that they don't have to keep repeating that whole cycle over and over again. I like too that you do like the practical things of not just like keep this in mind, but here's a thing to do, like put the kid in its own yeah. bed, put the kid, you know, put it, make sure that they're awake at the time. Do you, Heather, with you, because I would imagine a lot of this translates, in, and I think that's what you're saying, like Elizabeth, if you have a parent who's dealing with this and you're also, you can then go, by the way, I know this also is wearing on you and your mental health, so go talk to Heather because she will help you with that side of things. Yeah. Like when you, Heather, when mm-hmm. you have somebody come to you, are there, first of all, again, I think it's so wonderful that people are talking about this now it, outside mm-hmm. of just like, years later looking back people in the moment are able to go I'm kind of dealing with this and like it's we're sort of putting words to things I feel like that before people would just sort of you know what I mean like aside from just saying baby blues or tough time you know people are saying anxiety depressions you know etc like I I look back on on I remember when I was pregnant and then when I had I guess both boys and they were our boys are 15 months apart so they were pretty bad you know bam bam and mm-hmm. I remember crying to my best friend every single day on the phone. Mm-hmm. And I look back and I'm like, did I maybe have postpartum depression and just not have a, you know, like not think to put a name to it kind of thing. And who knows? Right. I don't, and I don't know that it matters that I did or didn't put a name to it, except that I think it gives you a little feeling of validation, right? When you're able to say like, this is a thing. And there, if it's a thing, there's something yeah. I can do about it. Exactly. So like yeah. practical what's, steps. Yeah. What's interesting is that, you know, we humans are very resilient. So a lot of times months and months and months go by and we kind of figure it out, you know, um, and you get out of that, um, depressive state, anxiety state without help on your own, but it just can last untreated postpartum depression, I believe can last like up to seven months, you know? So you just think, Oh, it was just that tough year, you know? Um, and like you said, maybe look back and you're like, did I or didn't I? And so I think it's, really important, um, to kind of have the educate education piece out there that if it's lasting longer than a couple of weeks, you know, then it's time to seek help. And that doesn't mean medication. Um, both what therapy- else could it mean? Like, yeah. What, what, what do you do outside of medication? And by the way, I'm very pro medication when medication yeah. is, is necessary oh. and warranted. Right. But- Myself as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and try to decrease the stigma associated with it as well as, um, sort of some, probably um, uh, unfounded fears about it not being safe with breastfeeding and things mm-hmm. like that postpartum as well as during pregnancy. But, um, but yeah, um, therapy for sure. You know, someone that's maybe they're functioning, you know, but they're just still struggling. It just, it doesn't have to be that hard, you know? Um, so there's, I think the word therapist, you know, maybe carries a negative connotation. Like I, I need a therapist. So many of them call themselves life coaches, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is really what they're doing. They're mm-hmm. coaching you through a um, transition time in your life that's life altering. So sometimes that's enough having like that checkpoint. Um, sometimes women that are already on medication in pregnancy, um, but doing well, I encourage them get a therapist just because when you need them, you're already established and then you can dial them up if you're having any issues mm-hmm. or just go anyway, check in with them and just kind of talk over some things. And I think that's a, a way to sort of smooth out that transition and women that really want to avoid medication, definitely try that first. Women that are not doing well at all, probably need both at the same time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I've been treating that sort of thing for 
I guess pretty much my entire career, I just had a special interest in it myself, um, but got a certification in perinatal mental health um, through Postpartum Support International, which is an international organization that really just tries to uh, decrease the stigma associated with all this and is one of the groups that put out a statistic about one in 10 partners, you know, suffering from a mood disorder as well, perinatally. So, um, you know, they're trying to increase that sort of family aspect um, too, which is, you know, as I heard Elizabeth speaking a moment ago, just um, talking about how getting everybody sleeping well in the family, obviously then affects everybody's mental So yeah, when I get the chance, I think when women come in and are speaking about the sleep problems in their family, I'm definitely like, did you know that there's like sleep coaching, you know, because I didn't when I had a kid. Was it a thing? I know. Was it a thing? Do you know? Is it it a fairly new field? I heard about it like maybe five or six years ago for the first time. Um, And it's been very expensive. Um, And that was one of the things that I tried to do is that just remembering the feeling of having quit my job first son came and like, what if I, some $500 an hour has like been pretty typical. And so I was just thought that would have felt really hard for me as a mom, having just totally changed our family's finances, $500 an hour can feel like a lot. And I try to keep our prices a lot lower because there are a lot of moms who need sleep help who can't afford that. Um, and yeah, and it is, it's huge for the family. Um, I think, one of the things Heather was saying just about like going in and talking to your doctor about your mental health postpartum. She did that for me. I was exclusively pumping with one of my kids and he was six months old. And I went in there and I was like, something is not right. And I kind of described what was going on. And she was like, stop the pumping. She was like, I think this is what it's causing. And for me, it was anxiety. And she was like, you know, she recommended like going to counseling, things like that. But she said like, I think it's the pumping that's causing this. And I would never have thought of that. Wait, meaning, that would never have crossed my mind. Meaning like transition him to formula. So like take that pressure off yourself. Yeah. She was saying like, it is fine. And I was still a six months old, you know, you're still pumping, nursing yes. all the time. So it was a very gradual thing. I couldn't just quit in one day, mm-hmm. but she was saying, if this is what's causing the problem, you got to take care of your own mental health yes. too. Yes. Oh, I love you, Heather, for doing that. And Elizabeth, <laughs> because I'm with you. Well, you just... And that may make me unpopular in the, no. you know, pro breastfeeding world. But it's which not, I you're not anti-breastfeeding. Am, no, that's not anti-breastfeeding. I told, we there's had... two, there's two people involved that yes. you have to take care of. And so women that are at two weeks and pumping two ounces a day, you know, and just out of their mind from all the work they're doing all day. Um, I had a lot of trouble, um, getting kids to latch and got into the pumping cycle and someone, a lactation consultant actually was just like, stop trying to make your baby latch and just pump like, you know, and see how that goes. And if that's not going well, it is not the be all and end all of everything. So do what's right for you. And what was right for me was to stop around four months because I was working and it just didn't fit anymore. It wasn't. Yeah. anyone justice and when you stop sometimes you realize wow now I have more energy to bond with you because I wasn't bonding when I was pumping yes it's so lovely to hear a doctor say that we just talked about it on our last podcast (laughs) we talked about that was an issue for us because I did it for with our last I stupidly did it pumped up into uh, for a year because I had to hit that year and we got in like 
so many, I mean, it almost like put us into marriage therapy. Cause it was just like, yeah. it was such a, Oh my God. I love you for saying that it's it, cause it's helpful to have someone like a medical person go like, it's okay. Yeah. I did it to your baby. We'll be, you know, all of that. Oh, well, you, you, know, you know who doesn't? Your doctor has oh. to be the one to say it, I think, because mm-hmm. when I finally stopped with my first, my mom and husband were like, oh, we're so glad you stopped. We could just tell that was so tough on you. And I'm like, oh why gosh, didn't you guys tell me? And they were like, it has to be your decision. Yeah. But my yeah. OBGYN and my lactation consultant were like, I think it's time, you know, yeah. like, yeah. um, and, you know, helped me make that decision to stop. So I try to just say, I, you know, to anyone at any stage, like I support you. If you need to stop, you need to stop. Like, um, and I think, you know, pediatricians are looking out for the baby and maybe the mom too, but they, you know, they are huge advocates of breastfeeding. So just sometimes there's mixed messages, mm-hmm. I think going on from multiple avenues that just make it really tough on mom. So, yeah. 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 Well, uh, to go back to sleep, yeah. Person who does not have trouble sleeping <laughs> on the Zoom call is our dog Snacks. We've got a good example who is here. Completely knocked out. knocked out. Thank you both so much for coming out. Where can people Where can find, find you, yeah. Elizabeth? Why don't you go first? Yeah, uh, my website is sleepbabyconsulting.com, and we are super active on Instagram, which is sleepbabyconsulting. Um, we give tips. We do baby giveaways. We are talking all the time. Um, one of my team members and I kind of split that up, so you get somebody else's perspective too um and it is really fun so we're always on there and uh, heather yeah and then um i have a website that's just my name heathergrammd.com and it kind of directs you both to uh, my practice at premier gynecology and wellness um as well as my uh fertility monitoring business and then also very active on instagram (laughs) with the same same handle um um, with Heather Graham, MD, um, where I, I do some things with other groups, um, podcasts and so forth, yeah. putting some education out there. So, and to your point earlier, I think heathergram.com was probably taken. Yeah. Um, so. um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Adding the MD at the end. Got it. Well, yeah, it was, fu- the end. Yep, it so. was fun to have you both on. What a treat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Jake, you thanks for hanging out with all the girls. Yeah, right? I was waiting <laughs> for that. I was waiting it. for that. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. <laughs> I had some deja vu. I just realized you interviewed me uh, like years ago in your studio. I was thought your name sounded super familiar. And then seeing you now, I'm like, uh-huh. No, that was That's definitely. Her. Yeah, I know. And now everything's on Zoom, right? So it's like, I know. I'm like, oh, yeah. I think, yeah. <laughs> well, it's good well, to see you again. Up very doctorally that day. Right. So. Very doctorly. You guys are awesome. Thanks again for doing this. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Mm, Oh, yeah. Thanks for listening, y'all. For past episodes and more, visit jakeandpage.com or get all up in iTunes or wherever you get your podcast with your fine self sitting on your fine couch. Mm -hmm. Talk to you next time. Yeah. I said, oh, yeah.